0: Greetings everyone, it is now time for Mark Safe, tales of your very favorite and
1: most beloved man-made disasters. On Mark Safe we discuss events and details that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. Please listen responsibly. And now, here with your hosts Brianne and Melanie, this is Marked Safe. So, Brianne, what?
0: I know we've been, we've actually been chit chatting for quite some time before we actually hit record. (laughs) I don't think you noticed something. Oh, God. What? We just jumped on tonight. I have internet. Oh, you do have internet. We didn't like, we actually got to sit down and talk to each (laughs) other without fumbling around with a hotspot for 45 minutes.
1: Oh, thank God. Now I retroactively appreciate it. (laughs) Isn't that the (laughs) best? Oh Yes. How long has this been going on? Just a couple days.
0: Our TV's still on the fritz, but we have
1: internet. Do your kids have tablets? They do. Like functional tablets, because like I'm trying to understand how you're surviving with five children, no school, no TV, and spotty internet. We play a lot of board games. Okay. We do. But like, there's a limit. I love board games, but you also, like, how are you researching? Well, we have our chalkboard wall too. Okay. And
0: here's the thing. When you have a shit ton of kids, they tend to entertain (laughs) each other. That's
1: true. That is really, really true. I never saw either one of mine when I had two that were a similar age.
0: Yeah, it's really nice. It's really nice. So, you know, we let them play their tablet sometimes, but there's not internet. So like. You know, all the fun stuff has the Wi Fi. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, they're, they're good. They can go outside now, but obviously we don't have the trampoline, which was the main attraction out there. Yes. Of Um, course. Which brings me, I was talking to you about this a little bit. Yes. I have a call to action. I need some help. I have been very distressed about this trampoline. It is still sitting in a big ass heap in my backyard. I don't have the heart to like haul it with the rest of the wreckage to the front. And I'm like, what am I going to do with it? I I it just feels weird throwing it away like, you know what I mean? I can't put it back yeah. together because it's won't be safe. So I think what I'm doing is I'm going to cut out the actual like trampoline part, like the black like bouncy part. And I would love, I don't even know if this is possible, but I think it would be cool if I could find someone, maybe a listener that knows how to cross stitch that could do like a cross stitch on it for me, like a, maybe some flowers and like, right, hurricane 2021. That way I have like a a souvenir from it. That sounds so dumb, but I really want that.
1: You're so fucking cool.
0: (laughs) So I don't know. Do we have any cross stitchers? I'll pay you. I'm dead serious. Like, I will send you my trampoline.
1: I just want, like, not the whole trampoline. Don't worry. Not the
0: whole trampoline. But yeah, just I want that circle, like the home sweet home looking old lady. But with some cool flowers and Hurricane Ida
1: 2021. Honestly, I'm obsessed with that idea. If I could cross-stitch, I would do it for you.
0: I will hang it in my house and I will love it forever.
1: I mean, surely somebody. Well, the feelers are out now. The feelers are out. Listeners, do any of you cross-stitch? Do any of you love Melanie? Do you? I'll pay you. I don't have a ton of money, but I mean,
0: <laughs> yeah, I I I would love to support someone.
1: I think we'll probably find someone.
0: Yeah, so that's that's what I want. Yeah, I I don't know. I love little. I love artsy stuff. I feel like our listeners would be artsy.
1: Put it in the universe, man. Manifest it. Are you guys artsy? Any of you draw? Oh, they're artsy. I've I've seen their shit.
0: Hey, well, how about some drawings? Send me some drawings. My mail is up. You can uh you can mail me a drawing. Draw me a picture <laughs> of um some grapes what the hell you just want stuff i just want stuff but (laughs) handmade stuff i want all the handmade stuff (laughs) my sister-in-law sent me this tiktok today it was so cool it was a it's a t-shirt and it's a it's a crawfish and it's like got little cowboy boots on it so cute and it's riding a vaccine and it says get what? And it says get vaccinated, Southerners for science. And right now, she's taking pre order, so I think I'm gonna buy this T-shirt because it's, I mean, a crawfish with cowboy. How boots. could you not? How could you not? Yeah, I think I don't know. I'm. I just think from now on, I'm only buying handmade shit.
1: Okay, except that for like expensive, but paper. I support it yeah well you know they you can technically do that you could get the family cloth i draw a line on etsy Stop. okay i line. D- everyone no. draws a line no everyone draws a line i thought this was a good idea like six years ago i never did it i just heard about it and i was like that's so smart that's a great idea and i floated the concept to my husband floated and floated it <laughs> I uh, I floated the concept to my husband and my mom and they were both fucking horrified and they talk about it to this day. So, yeah, you could buy handmade toilet paper.
0: You could. You could buy handmade toilet paper or you could be like me from Kentucky where you know a grip of people that wipe their butts and then they throw their toilet their poopy toilet paper in the trash can cuz they don't want to mess up their septic's. And no. Oh. No. Mm-mm. I draw the line at that too. Uh, poop knives. I don't know why that's poop worse. knives.
1: Not doing that either. Oh my god, we are not. We are not reigniting the poop knife thing. No. Yeah. Get out. Okay. Well, I'm just telling you. I draw a line. Family toilet okay, paper. Good. You should. The I'm glad you have some line somewhere. Family
0: cloth. That sounds like some weird, like cult shit. <laughs>
1: no,
0: thank you. I mean, you.
1: I think it probably is a cult. You, you have to be. Into something to be willing to wipe your ass with the same flannel square as the rest of your family. Is it flannel? I think. I think. I mean, it's washable, obviously. You don't just use it forever. But that's but the fabric of choice? Flannel? I I think. You sound so shocked now that I'm really second-guessing myself. Well, I mean, I, I would know- go bamboo. Super absorbent. Why? Why do I care about this? I'm not using it. <laughs> <laughs> is that going to be your disaster relief tonight? Your family cloth? I have really
0: good disaster relief tonight.
1: Me too. I like. Okay, it. I am
0: pumped. Hey, podcast Let's do is this over, so we can get you to our ready disaster for disaster relief. Relief?
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Okay. Guess what
0: I did? Guess what I did? What'd you do? I- I'm segueing a little bit because we're about sure. to get into the Florida Man bracket. Okay. I just made two purchases.
1: And I love them both. Friends, friends. Melanie is starting the Florida Man Bracket Basket. And it is so cool. It is inspired. She hasn't bought the alligator yet because I think her life has a little too much going on right now to house an alligator until the end of brackets, but that'll that'll come later.
0: It It's fucking coming. It is coming. <laughs> but I found two pieces
1: that are brilliant. One is... Should you say... Are you sure you should say oh, should I? I don't know, man. Maybe follow your heart. You you're the you're the bracket master.
0: Mm. I don't know. How about we do this? How about not today? Okay. And then friends, if you're in the brackets, tell me, do you want to know what you're winning?
1: That's smart that's smart everyone's always so fucking defeatist about brackets so everybody's always like my bracket's over my bracket's gone i'm definitely out and i'm pretty sure all the runners up last time had been positive they were out
0: yeah yeah
1: i think everyone who came close was someone who had been sure they were out
0: I can't wait till the next bracket. I, I feel like we're gonna have a lot of people entering next time because we have like so many yes. new people.
1: Yes, I'm psyched.
0: And if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about, uh, we do brackets and we make gift bags for the winner at the end. No, of No, that's
1: not we. That's not we. That's a hundred no. percent Melanie. Take full <laughs> credit for that. Well, we got. A- I have no involvement in that other than cheerleading from the sideline.
0: We got. We only got like about a month left, so we need to start coming up with these dishes for our next bracket.
1: Mm. So what is it? I think I've already made it clear that I'm not fucking around with that popcorn salad. So are we, are you picking
0: out the Midwestern dishes? No, that's
1: just my, that's my veto.
0: So we can have people write in their suggestions.
1: Absolutely. All right. So when, no, I don't, I don't usually have any involvement in defining the brackets, but I'm not talking about the popcorn salad. (laughs) It's too soon.
0: All right. You heard it here first. So let us know. What Midwestern dish you want on that bracket? But until then, let's let's start wrapping up Florida Man. What do you think? Give it to me. Okay, this one's really good. Are you ready for this? This one's gonna yeah, I, be I, so
1: they've been strong. They've all been strong. No,
0: this one's gonna be so fucking hard today.
1: You think this. Challenge accepted. All right.
0: Florida Man tries to shoot Puppy. Oh no. Puppy shoots him instead. <laughs> okay. Versus Florida man defends small chihuahua with a large machete.
1: Holy shit. Okay. Do you have any context on the second one? Like what he's defending it from?
0: So here it is in the Orlando Sentinel. Deputies say a 68 year old orange city area man threatened his teenage step grandson. That's a mouthful with a machete for disciplining a 14-pound chihuahua that defecated on the family's couch.
1: Okay, so so basically his step-uncle, cousin-in-law, grandson was being a dick to a chihuahua, so the old boy pulls a machete on the guy?
0: Yeah, I guess he poo-pooed on the
1: family sofa. Okay, well, I mean, that sounds stressful. Do you have any more information on the other... Like, how did that happen?
0: That one is.
1: I don't usually need or want that much context on these, but there's a lot (laughs) to unpack here. There is a lot to back here. All right, here it is. This is sad. Oh, God. I wasn't prepared for that. I'm fucking Aquarius. You need to give me a sadness warning. I just did. Okay, that's fair.
0: That's fair. Continue. (laughs) Oh, this is really sad. I hate people. A man who tried to shoot seven puppies was shot himself when one of the dogs put his paw on the revolver's trigger. Oh, my gosh. Um, Did he die? No, it was a gunshot wound to his wrist. Bradford said he decided to shoot the three-month-old German Shepherd mixed dogs in the (gasps) head because he couldn't find them a home
1: oh fuck that guy that one wins
0: yeah he deserves to be shot
1: yeah no he absolutely deserves it nope 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 the other one interesting story but it also sounds like an all-around stressful night i'm not that into it you had me with german shepherd mixed with this one you know that's my breed Mm -hmm. and uh, i love puppy
0: self-defense
1: yeah fuck that guy fuck that guy vigorously oh that makes
0: me so mad oh I gotta wash my brain now.
1: Well, all right. So, is your episode gonna wash anyone's brains tonight, Melanie? (laughs) Oh, y'all are gonna hate me.
0: I already do. Okay, here's the thing there's a positive. Okay, you wanna lead with that? Sure. Okay. There's a lot of musical references on this, so you could probably add some stuff to our Spotify playlist. Fuck, that's your positive. listen we have had a ton a ton of people request this so
1: this is not my fault okay i mean first of all they're not your boss but second of all Uh, they technically are though technically technically sort of maybe it's our
0: fucking podcast but if we (laughs) it (laughs) is
1: our fucking podcast and yet you keep doing this and also what you have told me before this started was that it is a Frequently covered disaster yes. that a lot of podcasts have done. It's a story that a lot of us are at least passingly familiar with. And you wanted to figure out how to come at it from an angle that hasn't already been done a million times. And you went into your bathroom, you looked in the mirror, you looked at your <laughs> own beautiful face, and you said, Fuck it. I'm Melanie. Did any kids die? Let's cover it from that angle. So God damn it. We shall begin. Sure. I guess. (laughs) Dalton Grant
0: was annoyed. His parents wanted to attend a tea dance at a fancy new hotel. And that only meant one thing. They were going, the kids were getting dragged along too. (laughs) The kids always get dragged along in your episodes. (laughs) Yeah. This is not how the 11-year-old wanted to spend his Friday night. That's how he found himself in the beautiful atrium of the Hyatt Regency in Kansas City, Missouri, on July 17th, 1981. And boy, was that place hopping. Around 1,600 people in all had also made their way to the Hyatt that evening for the event. They were mingling and dancing and drinking... While Dalton headed with his mom, Constance, to the bar for some drinks. That's such a pretty name. That name needs to come back. It is. They call her Connie a lot in the sources. Why would you do that? Why? It's so beautiful. I love that name. Yeah. Anyway. So Dalton and Constance, they were headed to the bar to get some drinks. Walter and Sherry Trueblood, they were there for the same thing. The pair were regulars at Friday night tea dances. And they had actually scored some free drink tickets that evening. Walter confessing, quote, I never turned down a free
1: martini in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Do you have any insight into what exactly a tea dance is? Yeah. So basically, it's just... I feel like I have like a general sort of atmospheric sense of what it is, but I could be way off.
0: I mean, it's just like swing dancing. It's usually... You know, I think I read somewhere it was just like sixty percent. Like someone had made a comment where sixty to seventy percent of the attendees had white hair.
1: <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? So yeah, they're
0: they're just dressed up, they're swing dancing, they're doing the jitterbug, they're having a good time, and you know, it's just it's just a tea dance. I I, I think tea dance is just like kind of a. Uh, I mean, they could call it anything. I don't think. Okay. You know
1: what I mean? I. Yeah. Yeah. I think okay. It's just That's all I needed. Name.
0: Yeah. So, the Hyatt Regency hosted the tea dances since the opening of its doors the July before, despite construction delay on the building. Listen, it's not anything significant, though, okay?
1: hmm
0: Eight months prior to the opening, a 16-foot steel beam had fallen down. Oh, shit. It's just, it's no big deal. It, it was reported, right? No of biggie. Course. They reported that. But that's not actually what happened. Oh, uh, what happened? Um, you see, a large section of the hotel's east atrium roof, it fell four stories into the lobby. Oh my god. It did. That's not what they wrote down, but that's what happened. Oh. It was Okay. Yeah. Um it was downplayed by the officials of the Hyatt Regency. And for good reason though, right? No one was Sure. No one was injured, so We're not just going to sit here and dwell on some silly, itty-bitty construction mistake.
1: No, usually, you know, catastrophic structural failures are not something we want to dwell on.
0: Oh, there was a construction worker that was killed in that accident? Oh. Oh. Oh, no. Shut up and drink your free martini.
1: There's nothing (laughs) to see here. (laughs) You know that emoji that's like the sort of cringe, oh no emoji with the, like its teeth showing? Mm-hmm. I, s- I spend your entire episodes making that face <laughs> every time. It's my favorite emoji. I send that to you a lot. <laughs> yes, you
0: do. So... The 40-story Hyatt Regency was a spot to be, and it was a spectacular sight. The main attraction were 320-foot-long skywalks that floated above the lobby, giving spectators an incredible aerial view of what was going on below. With the skywalks, hotel guests could go from their rooms on one side of the hotel to meeting rooms in a swimming pool on the other side without passing through the lobby, which I mean, I kind of dig that, like just as a mom with kids, you know, you come out of the pool, they're sopping wet and then you're going through the lobby and people are checking in and it's,
1: yeah, it's a thing. That's, that's always an awkward moment
0: of life. It is. The second and fourth floor bridges ran parallel, separated by about 30 feet of space between the two. And then the third was offset from the other two. So it was like staggered, like, like a V, like a sideways V almost. Okay. So that's ex- aesthetic. So quote, two 16 inch steel I-beams cradled the doorways on opposite sides of the atrium. On top of the steel beams that formed the skeleton of each walkway was laid a steel sheet forming the base of the walking surface. On top of that were placed several inches of concrete and then a concrete veneer. The I-beams were hung much like a suspension bridge, from the ends of the steel rods. So they're just, they're floating. Okay. The skywalks were innovative and they looked super cool. Like everybody, I mean, it was just a big attraction. It was, it really brought people there, but it wasn't for everybody. Leonard Rose, who attended that evening's tea dance said, quote, it was the place to go. We went over to the escalator, went up to the second floor and walked around and stood on the second floor catwalk so we could catch them, watch them dance down there while I was there. I noticed that thing doing something strange. The second floor catwalk was doing something strange. So I walked over and I said, this place is spooky. We should get off of here. Holy shit. At the same time, KMBC 9 reporter Michael Mahoney and cameraman Dave Forstate took the escalator to the second floor to get a wide shot of the dancers below. They were covering the tea dance for the news lifestyle section. And Michael... Michael was less than impressed to be there. He did, my, my, <laughs> he did not want to be there. Quote, I really had a hankering to get back to hard news, but thought I'd tough it out. <laughs> Can okay. you imagine? Like, he just want, yeah. like, something solid. He, he wished a little too hard. And now you're just, you're there and you're talking to people dancing. Mm. Yeah. Poor Michael. The film had run out of Dave's camera, so they paused for a moment to change it during the band's short intermission. Now, listen, pretty much every source and their mom talks about this band. Obviously, it's a huge component to the event and what's happening and what's going on. Here's the problem they all say Steve Miller Band was playing the T Dance. And I was like, hold on, Space Cowboy, you gangster love. <laughs> like, people are doing the jitterbug to this. Like, yeah. I want to see that. I want to see that. And also, why isn't the Steve Miller Band being in a major disaster? Not talked about more. I mean, this is not like some obscure band. Like, was it really the Steve Miller Band? Here's what it was. I looked into it. No, it wasn't. It was not the Steve Miller Band rock version. It was Steve Miller Orchestra version. What? They're completely different things. Mm-hmm. So I'm just I'm setting the record straight, but y'all. Is it? Is it the? Is it the same songs? No, it's not. What? No. Like, they were doing the old-timey, like, swing dancing songs. Jesus Christ. It's a full-on orchestra.
1: Like, trombones and shit. The audio guy used to play the trombone. That's sexy. I know.
0: More people should play the trombone. I'm putting that out there. I appreciate you saying that. Any of our listeners play trombone? Write me a song. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ.
1: (laughs) I mean, I've been asking for shit this whole episode. (laughs) Might as well. Do Do you have anything else that you want? I'm sure I'll come up with something before the end of this. (laughs) Ask not what your podcaster can do for you, but what you can do for Melanie. (laughs) Oh, So Steve Miller, orchestra version, comes back from break. I appreciate you chasing down that detail.
0: It was bugging me. It was bugging me so bad. I was like, and then I had to listen to Steve Miller band and it was just a whole thing.
1: That's what's going to set this coverage apart. It's true.
0: So um, <laughs> so um they come back from break and they start playing Duke Ellington's Satin Doll.
1: Satin Doll. It's
0: a bop, let me tell you. I looked that one up too. <laughs> Does it slap? <laughs> it slaps. So as the sounds of the music, the dancing, and the laughter filled the high atrium, another sound joined in too.
1: Oh no, I have so much dread about this a metallic pop. Oh no. That's the last thing you want to hear when you're on a suspension thing. Yeah. Reporter Michael said, it, oh. it was a
0: sound that was so foreign to the environment that I immediately looked up. Witnesses watched as one of the skywalks, quote, got to swaying and a bouncing up and down. The movement was not dramatic, but more of a soft indulation.
1: And then you No. Oh, my God. I have so much anxiety about this right now.
0: At 7.05, the four-story walkway came crashing 30 feet down onto the second-story skywalk, where it to join the freefall until it finally, all 72 tons of it, smashed into the occupied lobby floor. People and all. Oh,
1: my God.
0: What followed was silence. A silence that lasted only three to four seconds, but felt like a lifetime for most. And then, all hell broke loose. Describing the scene, salesman Michael Lonshaw said, quote, It all looked like a human sandwich, arms and legs hanging out. Oh my god. A musician from the band, Rich Coble, said, quote, It immediately smelled like death. I don't know how else to put it, just you knew. There was an odor. Less than a minute after the collapse, Michael and Dave from KMBC 9 started filming again, but this time, very different scene and a very different story than what they were covering just moments before. The once happy dancers and onlarkers were faced with new realities. If they were not injured or dead, they were now helping with rescuing their counterparts. The scene was grim. There was glass and concrete debris everywhere. A fog of concrete dust filled the air. The collapse of the two skywalks shared a water line, causing water to pour into the building. I saw a couple of sources where it's like the sprinkler systems went off. I watched a video, like these are full-on pipes dumping fuckloads of water like into mm-hmm. this building. Like it's not like a little sprinkle tinkly. It's there's a lot of water. There's a lot of water. I'm here to tell you. People were buried alive when within the collapsed skywalks, including Dalton and his mother. Dalton said, I was turned sideways. One cheek- Wait, Dalton said something? Mm-hmm. I didn't anticipate that. I was turned sideways. One cheek was on the ground, and the skywalk had stopped an inch above my other cheek. So about as wide as my skull. I think my pelvis was broken, and so my knees came up by my ears and I was face down like a frog kind of shape. And my mother was, I don't know, she was on a step higher than me, but I could reach forward and touch her. My foot was caught under the balcony. It was about three tons on one foot. And the other foot was um being pushed down by the bottom of the balcony. And I couldn't stretch it out because there was a corpse right under it. I was just saying, mom, we're going to die. And I didn't know what to do. And I thought, We were going to die. It was really scary because I couldn't actually see the bodies. I could just feel the wet hair on the lady and the guy's shoe and his ankle was really wet. And I didn't know if it was blood or water. Mm. The water continued to pour down on the disaster, causing murky blood mix puddles. Among the first responders to the scene was Dr. Wackerly, The former Kansas City's medical director had just finished a long-ass shift at the local hospital when he had made his way to the hotel after hearing the news. He had no idea what he was about to walk into. Quote, you have to understand the chaos and the carnage that had gone on in the lobby. The water was flowing. The mains were cut when the skywalks collapsed. Electrical wires were hanging and arcing and sparking there were no lights. So now it's it's almost 7.30. The sun is setting. It's getting dark. You're standing in water. You got all these live electrical cables swinging above you. At one point, officials reported a natural gas leak and they were seriously fearing that there was going to be like subsequent explosions. All the... Like eventually a spokesman for the local gas company came out and they denied the port reports that there had ever been a, a break in the gas lines or main, sorry. But it's like, you don't know. You don't know what you're walking into. No. You know what I mean? No. Like the scene is horrendous. Yeah. The conditions could not be worse. And like, now you have to save people. So Dr. Wackerly, he immediately gets straight to work and he sets up a triage outside. Inside, a makeshift morgue is set up in the lobby. Quote, near the east wall of the lower lobby floor rested a large makeshift pallet that bore seven bodies. The body of a middle-aged man was dumped unceremoniously on the pallet by rescue workers who did not have time for ceremony. And then that body, too, was covered with a water-soaked white sheet. And the scene was all but forgotten.
1: Mm, That's so sad.
0: It's sad. And the water continued to rise. Mark Williams found himself crushed underneath both the skywalks. His legs had been pulled from the sockets and one ankle was behind his head. It's not a oh. position you want to be in on the lobby floor you were just dancing on that is now being consumed by flooding waters.
1: Oh, hell no.
0: He said, quote, I've read that drowning isn't a bad way to go, but I guess that's how I'm going to die here, he thought. Dalton and his mother were also running out of air. We had to stop talking. My mother and I had to stop speaking because we were running out of oxygen in that little space we were in. In the meantime, there was a call to action. One huge thing hampered rescue efforts. The sheer weight of the collapse. The skywalks have now turned into a 72-ton tomb for some. Construction workers are now first responders too. And excavators brought in to remove the lobby doors, leaving a trail of glass and mangled gold metal in its path. The blood mix flooding waters, they make an exit where the doors used to be. 48 minutes. It would take 48 minutes before the water was effectively shut off. So if you just Holy imagine shit. how much fucking water must be in there. Just
1: pouring, pouring in,
0: for in. I mean, they just, like, the doors open and, like, the water is rushing out. The construction workers alongside firemen get started breaking up slabs of concrete with their jackhammers. Quote, on the south end of the lobby, where the remnants of the walkway angled off the wall to the floor, firefighters used chainsaws to hack through the debris and 18-inch steel I-beams. Sparks flew and small fires erupted, but they were quickly doused. So, like, sparks are flying and it's lighting shit on fire. So, not only are you trying to rescue people, you're putting out fires. From the rescue, it is a nightmare. Like the amount of obstacles, like these people had to deal with,
1: like in this search and rescue, like blows my fucking mind. Like, and that's something I feel like people don't necessarily think about as much as they should with disasters like this. We're always looking back on this kind of thing with the hindsight of what we end up knowing. You know, we've 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 got some disaster. We hear podcasts about it. We watch shows about it. We you know read news coverage about it. And you know, like it makes me. For some reason, it makes me think about the Faithway Drive sinkhole when everyone, you know, they were making all these calls about whether it was safe to go back in. Right. And, you know, the engineers were having to make recommendations that people were super pissed about. And then some things ended up not happening. And they were like, well, you know, you you, you could have done that. It didn't happen. But in the midst of it, nobody knows shit. No. Nobody knows anything. And I also don't think that people think often enough I mean, even I don't and I'm like, this is my job. I don't think that people think often enough about just the sort of random obstacles that get put in your way. You know, I've heard this story before. And I think I just kind of you picture it sort of compartmentalized. In exactly, your head. right. Like everything is normal and intact. And the skywalk has just collapsed. But it's it's not like all kinds of structures are compromised. All kinds of elements have appeared that would not normally be, literal elements. Like and it's like it's fucking dark. Do- it's dark. It's
0: dark. It's nighttime. It's dark. There's no yeah. electricity. Like it. It was. It was. There was. They turned it off. But it's like. You're trying to rescue. You can't even see shit. You you don't even know. Yeah.
1: Oh my yeah. god. It's not like you've got, you know, somebody pinned under a rock in a dry well lit area and you're you're trying to rescue. I mean, it's shit's chaos. You could die too. Yeah. And people do all the yeah. time. With the magnitude of this rescue coupled
0: with the mass casualties, there was an immediate need for blood. Right off the mm. bat, they needed over 200 pints of blood for the victims locals watching the disaster unfold on their television sets at home no longer felt helpless they came in droves to donate no so much so it caused multiple traffic jams on the route to the oh. blood bank not bananas wow. there was a yeah. 3 hour wait to donate and that's if you were even able to 500 citizens were turned away because of the surge in donations wow Senator John, yeah, Senator John Danforth showed up to a, okay, so I really love this detail, so I added it. It's kind of silly, but I felt like we might need a little bit of a break. We do. So Senator John Danforth showed up to a press conference about the collapse wearing a sticker that said, blood donors are better lovers. (laughs) (laughs) And I really loved it because it just screams like vampire romance
1: novel, but I dig it. Like a lot yes yeah. and what 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 year was this 1981 81 i feel like there was all that lover stuff
0: yes it's so in 80s. the 80s yes
1: it's so 80s there was all the you know so and so's a better lover the state or that state's for lovers. Everything was lovers in the 80s. I want to
0: bring it back. Blood donors are better lovers. Um. Also, this is your reminder if you can, go donate some blood.
1: Absolutely. And this is where I mentioned, not for the first time, that a blood donor saved my life. Yep. Multiple blood donors because I needed like a lot of blood more than any one person could ever donate. So,
0: yeah. So go donate some blood. Take a buddy with you, make a date out
1: of it, show them what a lover mm-hmm. you are. Right, right? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I like it. Yeah. I would, you know, honestly, I would be into that. Like, if I was single and on the prowl still and I and somebody said, hey, you know, let's have a date. You want to go give blood? I would be like, oh, shit, this is this is hot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Not just in a vampire way. I mean, it humanizes you. It makes you look like you fucking care. Right.
1: Yeah. And you get to find out how you guys do on kind of a boring errand.
0: (laughs) And, oh, my gosh, you could get, like, your little carton of orange juice and put, like, two little straws in it. Like, they do at, like, the little, like, milkshake things, you know?
1: Yeah, there's a pandemic. I don't know if you should do that right now. (sighs) How did I almost forget that there (laughs) was a pandemic? (laughs) Fuck! And, depending on how things go, if you're somebody who gets queasy when you give blood, you might get to test run how they do when you're not feeling well. Oh, you could do, like... Dude, you're on to something. You could do, like, the
0: fainting thing, and they could, like, catch you in their arms.
1: (gasps) That could be sexy. It's so... See. please some single person please i beg of you if that is the only tangible benefit that ever comes from this podcast in its entire run that somebody heard this and actually tried it oh and let us know I, I, what you think i married that's, that's enough <gasps> new I bet they do
0: get married. your tagline. Giving blood is sexy. hmm
1: You know, I think there could be a lot of different connotations to that. I think we might want to workshop that a little bit more. Okay. Listeners. Okay. But I think that you're absolutely on to something with the concept. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. Make a new yeah, tagline. Us, I'm asking Give for us some stuff. feedback on that. <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, somebody make that happen because I actually think that's adorable. I I love it. I love it so much. Send us pictures. I think that would be like a perfect second or even first date. I say first. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it. Just do it. Go big or go home. Yeah. All
0: right. At 8.05, a bulldozer arrives at the scene to assist in lifting the concrete slabs, but it's rendered useless. They're just too heavy and every time it attempts to lift them, the bulldozer is pushed back. Like it just kicks it back. So cranes from a nearby construction site are brought in instead and they break through the atrium glass and they get to work. Mark Williams... Who thought he for sure would die by drowning earlier. Remember him? He is still hanging on. And then he heard a voice. Quote, the only noise I heard under there was another young girl and I heard her saying her prayers. I recognized her prayers as being Catholic prayers because I grew up Catholic. So we kind of talked and said some prayers together. She supposedly was Practically cut in half, yet she was carrying out a conversation with me. Her concern was not about her. Uh. Her concern was about her father. Was her father under there with her or was he okay? She asked me and I told her a lie. I said, oh, I saw your dad. He's okay. He got out. So that comforted her. And then she just went silent. Oh my God. 11-year-old Pamela Coffey would be the youngest fatality in the Hyatt Regency Skywalk Collapse. Her father, Gerald, he also did not survive the disaster. Mm. The loss of life was insurmountable. Dr. Wackerly was making decisions no human should ever have to. Quote, there were times when I looked at them and I said, I can't get you out. I can't help you. You are going to die. Make your peace with God. And I moved on. Oh, my God. I had to dismember some bodies to get to other bodies to get some live people out. I had a few people die in order that others might live who were going to die no matter what I did. At 10.15, three hours after the initial collapse, rescuers start a final sweep for survivors. Quote, a priest too busy to identify himself walked among the dead, carrying a Bible and blessing and absolving the bodies regardless of faith. It's impossible to know who they are. Or what they are," he said. Forty minutes into the final sweep at ten fifteen p.m., rescuers find more survivors. Firefighter Michael Trader heard some screaming. It was Dalton Grant. Leaning down, Michael found Dalton encased in concrete and steel. Well, I lay down and I start talking to him, explaining what was going on, what we were doing, so he wouldn't be scared. Try to calm him down and ask him his name and how old he was, and he told me. He was 11 years old, and it struck me at the time because my own son is 11. That interview was one of the hardest interviews I had to watch. He start, he had to walk away from the interview. It had me absolutely sobbing, you know, because it's just,
1: ugh. Yeah, yeah. I have one specific interview in my history of doing this that stands out as the same.
0: Oh, Fuck me up. Slowly, cranes lift the large section of the skywalk bridge. It's tedious, and the skywalks are lifted only an inch at a time. It would be three more hours before Dalton and his mother were freed from a hole made by jackhammers in the pocket of the skywalk. At 2.05 the next morning, they are pulled from the wreckage and the rescuers burst into spontaneous applause. <laughs> All right. How about a wholesome break?
1: Yes, please.
0: Remember when Dalton described himself sort of pinned in like a frog position? Yeah. Well, today Dalton teaches yoga.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> He's also a. He, do you think he's like if I could do this, you could do this? He's so. I I was an entire frog. Your body can do I've anything.
0: I looked up <laughs> his yoga page. Like he just it genuinely is a cool fucking dude. Like I like he he's grown up to be pretty cool. He's also a songwriter. He wrote Demi Lovato song for you. That song oh. for you. He Dalton wrote it. So if you hear that, wow. There's your your cool link to a disaster. I just thought that was super rad.
1: Yeah, that's going on the on the playlist. But oh, that reminds me. We've mentioned this a couple times this episode for the newcomers because there are a shit ton of you. We have a marked safe disaster playlist on Spotify. If you search it, you will find it. And if you listen to a lot of episodes, you will know where a lot of things come from. Yeah, they're
0: all the disaster songs.
1: There's a reason for everything. Some of it is not immediately obvious, but There's a reason for everything.
0: So, yeah, they thought Dalton and his mother were the final survivors, but they were wrong. A rescue turned into recovery. And then a miracle. They find Mark Williams an hour and a half later. Oh, my god! They instantly get to work trying to free him. You know that old cowboy game, Five Finger Filet? Not at all. You put your hand down and you have a knife and you like go between your fingers.
1: Oh, yes. Okay, I do. I just didn't know it had a name. I thought that was just the dumb shit all the potheads I hung (laughs) out with as a teenager did.
0: Well, that's kind of what Mark's rescue feels like to me, but on a larger scale. Quote, I understand the Skywalks were made of some kind of concrete. They jackhammer through there. And when they did... That jackhammer came down between my chest and my arm, Mm -hmm. and they pull it back out. I'm yelling, hey, don't run that jackhammer anymore. Boom, boom, (laughs) boom, boom. boom. They come through down, through again. This time, it comes between my legs. No. They pull it back out. Now, I'm not just yelling. I'm cussing. I'm using cuss words (laughs) that have never been invented yet. (laughs) The next one comes and it goes under my right arm and between my body. So they've triangulated and I'm thinking to myself, get ready, because that next one's coming through the middle of your back. Oh,
1: this episode is stressing me out.
0: But it didn't. And at seven forty-five the next morning after the collapse, Mark was freed. All right. How about another little wholesome break? Okay. So when everything is said and done, the firefighter that pulled Mark out, his name is Ray Wynn, he did the cutest thing ever. So there's a lot of news coverage and photography of this disaster. So there's an actual picture of Ray pulling Mark out. Ray had it framed. Oh, and engraved on the plaque on the bottom, it reads, sorry, it took us so long to get you out. And then he gave
1: it to Mark. Oh, my God. Thank cute? Yes, that's cute. Sorry, it took us so long to get you out. Jesus. So nice. So nice. Yeah, it's like almost Canadian level. Mm -hmm.
0: Ultimately, 114 people died from the Skyway collapse. 111 on the scene and three more at the hospital hundreds more injured. And when I say injured, I'm not talking superficial. Most of these are life altering injuries. I feel like oftentimes yeah. we talk about injuries. yes, and It's so yes. easy to compartmentalize and just be like, oh, they're injuries. And they're like,
1: Ugh. yeah, I remember delving into that in the state fair collapse episode, which is, you know, it makes it sound like, you know, 10 people died and three had broken legs. But yeah, I mean... There's a line between survivable and not survivable, and if we have this many people on the other side, there must be a lot of people real damn close to it,
0: right? Of the 114 fatalities, 18 pairs of husband and wives.
1: Oh my god, Melanie! Who asked you for that detail?
0: Sorry, no one. No one. No one. No one. No one. one. All right. Well, so (laughs) what the fuck happened? Like, how this happened? Well. The first thing that happened was something super fucking shady.
1: No way. Yes
0: way. Because of course, right? This is this happens so much on our podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. On
0: Thursday, July 23rd, less than a week after the collapse, in the wee hours of the morning before the sun even came up, the two collapsed skywalks and other debris evidence were hauled away to a, quote, secure location. By the order of Hallmark Cards Incorporated, who actually owned- What the hell? The hotel building. Oh, Jesus Christ. Whoever thought that Hallmark Cards had a fucking dark side. Season's greetings, evildoers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) that card. Then, the following day, the third Skywalk, because- It was separated. It didn't collapse because it was in, in a separate spot. It was dismantled and trucked away to a warehouse, also belonging to them, the Crown Center Redevelopment Corporation, which was also owned by Hallmark. Mayor Richard Berkeley, he was super pissed. He found out about the third Skywalk dismantling by getting woken up by a phone call from a reporter at two in the morning. That's how he found out that this Hallmark is fucking Doing some sh- like in the middle of the night, uh, he said, "Quote, Are you ready to get sued by hallmark I don't give a fuck." Well, <laughs> I don't know why the removal needed to be done in the middle of the night. It seems to me that this kind of action does not build public confidence. Yeah, mm-hmm. two investigators from the National Bureau of Standards, invited by the Kansas City, um, invited to Kansas City from Washington by the mayor. They were denied permission by Crown Center to examine any of the walkways or the debris um, that were from the hotel lobby. It would be... How can that just be allowed? They had to get wind up getting like the courts involved and stuff. It was crazy. It would be almost two weeks before the MBS could gain entry. Two weeks.
1: Oh, my God. Two weeks. That is outrageous. The 80s, man.
0: The 80s. Finger pointing and victim blaming came straight away.
1: There were just... I, I can't wait to find out how you blame victims for this. Well, there
0: was too many people on that skywalk.
1: Oh. Were, and they, they, they were the ones who were supposed to be policing whether the ground mm-hmm. beneath them was stable? Yep.
0: But Pat Foley, president of the Hyatt hotel chain, insisted, quote, the catwalks were designed to hold people shoulder to shoulder as many as you can jam in there. Besides, day four states, news footage, it basically, like, debunked that anyways because people weren't shoulder to shoulder on that but hear me out they were dancing oh the vibration the vibration mm.
1: those idiots those, they shouldn't have been dancing how
0: dare you dance on a skywalk
1: at a tea dance at
0: a tea dance oh gosh
1: my god Man. it's their own fault really it is
0: their own fault and there were whistleblowers too Gary Blowrock, uh, who was involved with the hotel's construction, said he witnessed city building inspectors receiving money from construction foreman at the Hyatt site. As soon as, that's a bad mm -hmm, look. As soon as newspapers picked up his story, guess what? He started getting death threats. Oh. Whatever the case, the hotel was reopened before the case was closed. Ooh, yuck. Three months, it's all it took. Hyatt Regency opened their doors October 1st, and people were outraged. It was business as usual.
1: I don't like that. Mm -hmm.
0: Ultimately, it was found that the collapse was due to a design change and a breakdown in communication. Architecture firm Gillum Kalako originally designed the second and fourth floor skywalks to be held up with one continuous rod strung through both floors. But it was mm. but it was gonna be difficult to make, Brian. So subcontractors proposed hanging the second floor skywalk from the fourth floor using a second set of rods. Architect and attorney Bill Quatman explains it best. Quote: If I climb up a flagpole and I held it with my hands, I'm holding up one person. Mm. But if you said, Looks like fun. Let me climb up below you and hold on to that flagpole. We're each holding up a single person by the connection of the rod. Now, let's change the example. I climb up the flagpole, hold it with my hands, and you say, that looks like fun. Let me hang on your ankles. Oh. So what happened? Now I'm holding up two people. So basically, they went from like them supporting themselves to now the four... And the the fourth floor and the second floor s- skywalks, they're like they're utilizing. That's the a same. great analogy. I thought it was brilliant. Like it took me a while to wrap my head around it. Like yeah, but i I found that and I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. I'm having a little bit of difficulty with this last name. It's P F R A N G. Is the P the P silent? P F? Is it Frank? I don't know. Edward Frank. I
1: probably that would be my yeah, guess.
0: He headed the MBS uh, investigation said any working engineer should have been able to see that the skywalks were flimsy, that they wouldn't even be able to satisfy the building code. Like they were shit yeah. from the beginning but no one checked anyone else's work. Jack D. Gillum and associates created the original design, but when they did that, they didn't make any load calculations. So then they passed those contract drawings onto Haven Steel, the fabricators that are supposed to do these like rods. They in turn translated those contract drawings into shop drawings. And it was at this point that the change to the hanger rods was prompted. Haven still pointed out that it would be very difficult to construct those on site and there would be difficulties making the hanger rods um, that long to begin with. So they made up new drawings showing the design with the two sets of hanger rods and sent it back, and Jack D. Gillum and associates signed off on it. And then it went, they con- then they constructed it. Like, here's the kicker, though. still, they also did not make any load-bearing calculations, either on the original oh, design or the change
1: How fund. does this happen?
0: How ah, does this happen? Ah, 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 ah. It makes no sense. None were made on the new design. And yeah, it was just this crazy, massive oversight. It could have been corrected though. When the hotel was under construction and that roof collapsed, Jack Gillum's firm was asked to recheck all of the connections, but they only did spot checks. Only spot checks were made and no checks at all were made on the Skywalk. Zero. Oh, that's so dark. Ultimately, a judge found Jack Duncan guilty of gross negligence for failing to monitor the manufacturer of the box beam connectors that supported the walkways and found Dan Gillum similarly negligent for not adequately supervising Jack's activities. The firm's certificate of authority was revoked and both Jack and Dan had their licenses to practice engineering in the state of Missouri revoked. Dan would later admit that the design flaw was so obvious, quote, any first year engineering student could figure it out. Jesus. That's like how like massive that oversight was. Like it's dumb.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where if anyone was paying attention, like even a little. Even a
0: little. After all was said and done, Hallmark paid out $140 million in damages to victims and their families. Case closed. People wanted to move on and forget this horrible tragedy ever happened. But no, it's not how it works. Mm, nope. Former KCPD officer Vince Ortega said, quote, there was nothing that prepared any of us for what was in there and how we had to deal with it later. I remember one of my buddies trying to help this man and I was trying to help this man. As he was helping, he was pulling and he pulled his arm off. <gasps> he just dropped it and ran out of there. I remember oh. there were a lot of officers, paramedics, firemen that left their careers after that. Mentally, they could not process it. Oh, my God. It was the 80s. Like, there's no focus on mental health. You know, you just went through this disaster. There's no, there's nothing uh. for you after it. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: I'm I'm real stuck on that having to dismember people detail from earlier. Oh, I bet that happens a lot. Yeah.
0: These rescuers and victims really had to rely on each other to get them through the trauma of the Skywalk collapse. Mm-hmm. And this disaster, like this, this isn't a small disaster. This was the deadliest structural collapse in American history until mm. the World Trade Center collapsed Holy at 9 11.
1: I have heard that so much in the course of researching different stories, though, with groups of survivors or something who become, like, intimately important to each other. To get through it. After, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: The hotel was a physical reminder to the families of the victims. Former drummer for the Flaming Lips, Cliff Skurlock, was eight years old when he lost his mom that evening. He said, quote, I love singing my mom's praises because I think she was awesome and a brilliant mind. Amazing sense of humor was just a ridiculously talented musician. For years, I wanted to make enough money to buy that building and just demolish it. Build a big Aww. flower bed or a music venue or something there that would be positive.
1: Peggy Ols- What a sad freaking goal. Yeah.
0: You're in like this famous band. All oh, you like, you just want to make money. Yeah, to- yeah. Peggy Olsen wanted something more, too. Um, she was actually the daughter of Gerald Coffey, and her sister was Pam, the youngest victim. Yeah. yeah. Quote, you go to the cemetery and you kind of just stand there for a few minutes. It's not like you can sit somewhere. You don't know what to do. You put a flower down and you leave. It feels very incomplete to me. Years and years went by without a memorial acknowledging what happened at the Hyatt Regency. After 25 years, Frank Freeman, John Sullivan, and Brent Wright decided far too much time had had passed. And so the team set forth to make it happen. started with a website, and then they set to gather for donations. First hesitant, citing that they were sensitive to the feelings of people for whom a memorial would be painful, Hallmark would eventually come around and donate $20,000.
1: Oh, that's good of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Hyatt could not be moved. Besides, the hotel was a Sheraton now. Like
1: it's oh okay. So
0: yeah, it's
1: all it's all over. It's, it's all, good. all good.
0: Um, but Sheraton, who had no stakes whatsoever in this disaster, they donated five thousand. So fuck you, Hyatt. Wow. In two thousand fifteen, thirty four years after the Hyatt Regency Skywalks collapse, a memorial was dedicated in Hospital Hill. You can visit the Skywalk Memorial Plaza at 22nd and Gilman Road. It includes an abstract metallic sculpture by artist Rita Blitt called Sending Love, which resembles two people dancing. The pedestal of the work includes all the names of the 114 victims. And there's even a place to sit. And that is the very sad, very horrible story of the Higher Regency
1: Skywalks Collapse. You really did Thank do you. a great it job. It was with that, rough.
0: Oh, it was rough.
1: That, yeah. Holy shit! There, wow. There were some. There were some details in that. All right.
0: Yeah, there were.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
0: No, we got a lot uh. of requests on that. Um, we got an um an email. I we have had requests from this from the beginning. We ha- yeah,
1: we have. I I think that might actually be the first thing anyone ever requested.
0: It's intimidating doing a disaster like this
1: yeah yeah that's had a lot of coverage
0: thank you well speaking about people reaching out um we've had a flood of patreons yes and we appreciate you so much Ah, uh, it's it's weird it's blowing my mind i was like what's going on what's going on who what what we got all these patreons <laughs> <sighs> i don't it, it kind of made me a little weepy for if you guys don't know, I, we don't make a profit off this. Um, This is a passion project. I, eventually, hopefully, you know, we could do this and uh our we can have house husbands. <laughs> and we can just, <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. We can focus all our time on this. But we literally your subscriptions and your donations, literally every dime of it goes back into this podcast Um between newspaper subscriptions we
1: do brackets the stickers the cards Uh, yes and i'm not complaining about it at all but we are most definitely not in the green yet yeah but it is i mean it's fun
0: it's worth it um but yeah so we appreciate it it takes a load off it really does and we love doing stuff for you i love doing the bracket baskets i love sending snail mail Hey, if you like doing snail mail and you want to write a letter, You, we have an address. You can write me a letter, too. I, I don't know. I just. Mm-hmm.
1: Please don't send us a head in the box. She's so scared someone's going to send her a head I'm in the box. I'm so scared. And I feel like we have um, grown really quickly. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a tipping point where you're definitely going to get a head in the box. And I'm worried we're getting close to it. No, I don't think so. Okay. Not well, yet. I'm glad I'm glad you run the PO box. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if you want to write us a letter, feel free. We do have a PO box. Also, uh, um I updated our website. It was needing a little tinkering with. If you don't know and you don't like snow a snowmail. Uh, snowmail. <laughs> if you don't like snail mail, um say you want to give us a call. Tell us about your day. Uh tell us about a disaster you want to hear. Um, tell us a dirty joke. If you go on oh, our please tell us a dirty oh, joke. I love it. Gossip. You want to tell us some gossip? Oh my God, we've been begging for gossip from the beginning. Yes, it doesn't even have to be disaster related. If you go on our website, on the bottom right, there's like a dusty mauve rose circle button. It's got a little microphone in it. You click that, and you just start talking. You got a whole two minutes. You can just tell us whatever you want. And if it's not my good, dream, would be. Well,
1: like my personal this isn't necessarily a goal because it's never gonna happen but do you know what my personal like all right this this is this is giving me everything i've ever wanted now thing would be well it would be if people would send us their gossip they can change you know i don't know, fictionalize it but you can change specific details or names to protect the innocent just send me your family bullshit tell me the shit your uncle said at thanksgiving oh, tell me about your co. So yes tell me about your coworkers who are doing each other tell me <laughs> whatever you've got and then we'll do a mini-sode where we just we just talk about it all yeah so that would be a
0: great way
1: to u- like that's one of my, like the, I can die happy moments.
0: Yeah, that's that would be a great way to utilize that little microphone feature on our website mm-hmm. because I can use that audio
1: in our episodes. We or could talk- send us an email if you don't want your coworkers who are doing each other to realize you're talking about them. <laughs> Maybe you play this podcast at work, and that could get awkward. <laughs> I get that I, i'm not really trying to create do, do new it on drama a loudspeaker? the i mean who knows who knows i'm not really i mean i wouldn't necessarily be upset about it but i'm not necessarily trying actively to generate new drama i just want to hear about old drama that i'm not involved in or make drama oh oh guess what what guess what what we went out to eat a couple days ago at a chinese buffet and we went out this is this is not about the crawdad (laughs) and we (laughs) melanie had to uh walk my 12 year old through how to eat a crawdad over the phone (laughs) anyway he he was not a fan anyway so we went outside and, you know, we had paid and we were leaving and everything, but they have a fountain at the front and you can throw coins into it. And my six year old really wanted to do that. So we didn't have change on us, but we had some in the car. So we ran out and grabbed some change from the car and then went back in so she could make her little wish. And when I walked back in, there was a male employee, and a female employee at like the um, I don't know what you would call it. The like, hostess it, desk. Well, it was. It's more like a wraparound counter than like a freestanding desk, but anyway, it's like a an L shape. It doesn't matter. And so I came in, and there was a male employee and a female employee in there, and they were. He was like kissing on her neck, and as I came around the corner, he was lifting her up like by the thighs to back her up onto the counter. Yeah, it was getting steamy, and I I just kind of gave him a look like, do you guys? We're just making a wish. Do <laughs> you? I, I do know, her. I'm not judging. Yeah, that's do again, each other all you can eat yeah. buffet. Oh my god, that's lame. <laughs> Life is short, no judgment. I mean, maybe keep your pants on until the kids back outside. That would be good. But yeah, uh, yeah. Wow. So I I have a tiny a tiny thimbleful of uh, obscure Chinese buffet. Tea, and you can do it too. If I can come up with that, you can do it too. Yes. Please. 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 So our Melanie wants cross stitch and I just want your drama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so our so our patrons, let's give our shout outs
1: real quick. Yes. Do it.
0: Uh Lauren Burton, she actually sent us an
1: email too. Um thank you. I lo- I love suggestions. I love emails. I just I love the emails. I I wake up in the morning and I check our emails, see if we have any new reviews or emails. And if we do, let me tell you, it starts my day off right. Unless it's a mean one, but we've only had like two and a half of those. Yeah. Uh, Rhea Cost.
0: Thank you very much. Finn. Hi. Hi. Hi, Finn. Hi. (laughs) Hannah Tutton. Brandon Campbell. And finally, my little (laughs) sister-in-law, Christina Wilson. I know you listen to me. You tell me you fall asleep to our voices. Um, wow! Listen, you. Know, she's she's really cute. You know what I think is super adorable? What? Her. She's way cooler <laughs> than I could ever be. She's super hip. When our TikTok went off the rails, she was the person that I messaged. I was like, Hey,
1: oh, if cute. if
0: anybody gets this, it's going to be you. It's your demographic. Guess what?
1: We're going viral,
0: and she's like, "I'm really proud of you." How old is she? Uh, nineteen? No, no was twenty. Twenty now.
1: Oh my. Okay. Okay. I wondered why you were calling her your cute little sister-in-law. Yeah. Okay. She's cute. She's well. She's she's just
0: the freaking best. So that's awesome.
1: Yes. Some of some of my husband's coworkers that I have never met before <laughs> are avid listeners. Avid listeners, and he so he like goes to work, and they know all about our lives it's so weird huh (laughs) i know (laughs) yeah they're yeah hi Brittany.
0: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah thanks for supporting us guys it it means the world i super appreciate it you ready for some me too disaster relief
1: yeah it's not a false alarm this time it's real disaster relief (laughs) (laughs) do you got yours I've got mine, and it is technically sort of a TikTok personality. I don't feel bad about my frequent TikTok personality suggestions because they are golden, one and all. This guy did not actually originate on TikTok at all. He's a comedian named Trey Crowder, and he is the fucking best. He's like, um, if you just listen to him talk and you don't listen to anything that he's saying, you would definitely think it was... In the vein of like Jeff Foxworthy, like he's got the full Jeff Foxworthy accent, like very, <laughs> um, very redneck aesthetic. I mean, like all the way, all the way. Is like this it's gotta that be some sweet cherub blondie. No, no, he's a sweet cherub brunette, <laughs> hmm. but he is liberal as fuck. And he is so smart and so funny. And I mean, I, I, I listen to him partially because. I love his accent and partially because he's really funny. But I mean he just has really good insights into things. Gray, and great you know, content. Really good commentary. Yes. Amazing content. And he has finally made his way to TikTok. And I've been waiting for him to show up since I've been on TikTok. There there are a couple accounts of like um trey crowder accounts where it's just people posting clips of him and that kind of thing but it's not really made for that medium so it'll be you know kind of cut awkwardly or whatever but the man himself is on tiktok now and every single time i come across it it just completely makes my day and i think i think we have a lot of people that would appreciate you yes 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 absolutely and i i can't i can't recommend him enough (laughs) Nice. I'll check it out. Send me, um, text me his
0: name because I forget shit all the time. Okay, I know. All right. What's yours? So, my ex husband Cody.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Your ex husband, the alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, he just went to Duluth, Minnesota, for our friend's wedding. Um, I held down the fort. Um, nobody wants our zoo at a wedding. So we just kind of take turns on these things. Um, But we have really good friends. Um, Congratulations, Christine and Brian on your recent vows. So my, he brought me two things. So the first thing, his hotel was right outside the Duluth trading company and I was like, oh, I've been wanting to buy one of their shirts. I always see a commercial for it. It's called a no yank tank. Okay. And it's basically, your, your you know how sometimes your shirts, they ride up. This is, oh, yeah. it's a no yank tank. And I've had it on all day and I fucking love it. I haven't yanked it once. And I like yanking things. This, I don't have to. <laughs> I do not like
1: yanking my t-shirt. <laughs> It's the only thing I don't want to use. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't (laughs) expecting that. Okay. Okay, I'm
0: good. And the second thing is whenever I go on vacation, um, I like to get a Christmas ornament.
1: Okay. Even I know where this is going.
0: Even if it's uh not the season. And Cody brought me back a Christmas ornament, and it is also the first disaster gift he has ever given me. It is a Christmas ornament of the SS Edmund Fitzgerald. Now that's romance. Isn't that romance when your husband yeah. buys you a disaster Christmas ornament?
1: Yeah. Now that's that's what I call romance. That's the title of my new album.
0: Yeah. So I'm guess i can't divorce him a second time i'll have to well, i mean you've already divorced
1: him once the ship has sailed
0: <laughs> Ooh, the ship Ooh, nice did it um yeah so that's my disaster relief i we need to cover I'm that one too it.
1: we need to do something with our disaster relief at some point like i feel like we need to have some kind of I don't know, like a page on our website or something. I
0: know. I was linking them I, on our social media for the longest time and then
1: I know, I just wish there was a comprehensive thing. Let
0: me work on that with the website. Let's see if I can Okay. Where we can just add shit. There's gotta be yeah. a way.
1: Yeah, I that's that's so out of my <laughs> out of my depth.
0: I'm learning.
1: I'm learning.
0: But yeah, I just kinda things of just with the baby and the hurricane, I've just kinda Drop the bottle on that one. Yeah, the baby. They're distracting. They are distracting.
1: So, but yeah, I guess that's it, right? Well, yeah, that that covers it. This has been, I feel like this has been a jam-packed episode.
0: It has been.
1: I was going to say, I'll do some
0: more lighthearted ones, but I think spooky seasons coming up, my next two will be spooky seasons. And they're not lighthearted at yes. all. So
1: cool. Yeah, I am... I'm the one who is closing out September with one final not explicitly spooky one after this. I think I'm going to go out with a bang. Good. Yeah, and then I'm going to get into spooky. I haven't even I haven't even started thinking about my spooky content yet, but I am I'm, I'm going to try to remain committed to my september 29th episode yeah the, i've got a problem with she bails a lot yeah mm-hmm. oh my god i didn't used to do that i didn't do that for like the first i don't know 14 months or something and now i bail almost every single one <laughs> <sighs> we'll pull
0: it together all right till next yeah. week sweet dreams are, aren't all dreams <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Horrible Ghouls. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to share your personal Mark Safe moment, you can send it to us at marksafepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please give our podcast a rate, review, and subscribe, and tell your buddies about us, too. That goes a long way. If you want to further elevate your support, check out our MarkSafe Patreon page, where we have shout-outs, goodies, and some bonus content in the works. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks again, and as always, stay safe.